John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcasts. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening. Welcome to episode number 38 of Bleeding Blue, and spring training is officially underway, and most of the players are down in Tampa with a few exceptions. Today, the Bleeding Blue crew is going to talk some early spring training storylines, including Boone's first press conference, and we are finally going to throw around some lineup and defensive alignment arrangements like we've been saying that we would do for a few weeks because it's finally time to do it, and we're going to see what sticks. And now... We're going to get excited for some baseball to start this month. So without further ado, what are we going to do, Renato? Let's bleed blue. Let's bleed blue. Wow, that was twice. <laughs> it was twice you did that. I saw your eyes. You were like, "Oh my god!" I, oh my, because it, it my, happened again. Popped out of it's my head. Pattern was not expecting that to come twice. All right, fellas, bleeding blue Yankees spring training. Most of the players are down in Tampa. Except like Dylan Batances and Jacoby Ellsbury, but um, congrats oh, to Dylan Batances. He just had a he just had a uh, he just had a child, baby Batances. And we're going to talk about Jacoby Ellsbury. But first, um, fellas, I want to gauge how you're doing today. How are you doing? I I am doing excelente, hombre. Ooh, Spanish. See. Wow, he's a linguist. Free and easy, man. Free and easy. Okay. Okay. Just just like Dallin Batance's pitching delivery. Free and easy. Oh yeah. That's how that's how you would describe it. Free and easy. <laughs> he says with dripping sarcasm. Not a not a not a mess of a how how that man is like what is he like 250 pounds and he's like six eight and he can't even throw a baseball ten feet to like first base, but yet he throws it ninety nine miles an hour. Yeah, need to home plate. It's it, he's a mess. He's all over the place. But he, uh, he needs he needs to you know maybe light up before going out there just to kind of relax a little bit. A crying baby will definitely help you relax. Renata, you asked me how I am, and I thank and I thank you for asking me how I am because typically nobody asks me how I am. I'm doing well. It's a uh, Friday that when we're recording, and I'm feeling good. I am so excited. To, for this episode, because we can finally find and find and find and find. We, we could talk like concrete Yankees baseball with like stories and we can actually react to it rather than like searching for things to talk about. It, it's like here. This is like one of the first feelings, one of the first days where I'm like giddy. Like it, it's here. Giddy, giddy, I love giddy, it. Giddy. giddy, giddy, giddy. Okay. Housekeeping. I haven't done housekeeping in a few episodes. Follow the Twitters. 
Follow me on Twitter at jpenix 74 Follow the podcast at bleeding double underscore blue. Follow Brett at CoyoteWeather10. Follow Renato at R Rodriguez. SPP Rodriguez is spelled with U-E-S, not U-E-Z. Subscribe on the Apple Podcast app and SoundCloud. Leave a five-star review. The contest will be coming soon. We cannot necessarily announce yet, but if you leave a review that makes us laugh, you'll be, number one, doing us a huge favor by leaving us a review and helping the podcast grow. And number two, you will be in the running for any sort of contest we do in the future. So for this week, this past week was Valentine's Day. Do we like Valentine's Day? Nope. Hate it. Whoa. Uh, it's for losers. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm? I don't You're a loser? Me. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm, a loser. I'm a loser, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so this past week, it was Valentine's Day. So here's what I'm thinking. Uh, for If you're interested in leaving a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app, tell us which New York Yankee right now would be your Valentine or which Yankee would you go out with on a night in the town. Who would get trashed? Who would get thrown out of a bar? Who would play peacekeeper? I think Judge would play a very good peacekeeper in a, like in bar fights. Uh-huh. Who would who would say something to piss someone off? Have some fun with it. No, that would, just, would also be Judge. By the way, he would also be the one to say something to piss someone off. <laughs> judge? No, yes. Judge is a, Judge is an angel. No, he's not. No, he's he not. not remember the Red Sox series. He was no, in Steve, New York, New York. Oh well, he did something. Uh, well, I think CC would definitely do something to piss somebody off. But anyway, that's that's for the just people. Saying, I want to hear. I want to hear what you guys think. If you make us laugh, um, we'll give some shout outs at now next week if you do but if even if you do this now you will be automatically be in the running for any kind of contest that we do whether it's for hats shirts maybe even tickets in the future so even if even if there's nothing necessarily you're going to be getting out of it now you will be in the running for the future and also in the future upcoming within the next few weeks we are going to have some very 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 exciting guests both for the giants and for the yankees some faces that maybe we've seen before some new faces um, so get excited for that. And that's my housekeeping, fellas. Any other things that we wanna that we wanna say that's not going to give away too much of what we have planned? New York, New York. Nothing, Renato? Let's bleed blue. So I wanna so here's what we're gonna do. During spring training, and since we do Yankee ep- Yankee episodes once a week, we're gonna do some weekly spring training storylines. We have to think of a better name for this segment. Because I feel like we just have to, and that's that'll be pretty entertaining if we do it. I have an I, I thought of a name. You thought of a name, okay? Springtime in the Empire. Oh! <laughs> Whoa! I love it. So Brett thought of a really good name, Springtime in the Empire. All right, so let's do it. So Springtime in the Empire storylines. Thank you, Brett. Ellsbury is hurt, and I think Bleeding Blue can predict the future. I, I think Bleeding Blue is the most accurate source for any, any predictions you need. Oh, jeez, that's a that's that's a bit of a hot take. But Jacoby, oh, you, you have the weatherman on set. Come on, get a weatherman. making the man blush. <laughs> have a, we have a weatherman on set. But Jacoby Ellsbury is hurt and not down in Tampa and is suffering through a deadly injury called plantar fasci- what what is it plant fasciitis. Thank you. Plantar fasci- What do you say? Fasciitis. 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 Oh my god, I can't even pronounce that. 
About 83% of active adults between the ages of 25 to 65 suffer from this ailment. This deadly disease can be cured by a simple change of shoes or a specialized insole to help support your arc. But because the Yankees are cheap and don't like to pay their players, Jacoby Ellsbury unfortunately cannot afford to even buy himself a new pair of shoes. Isn't that devastating? It's mm-hmm. a deadly disease? I, that was sarcasm. A deadly disease, man? It was Definitely. very much sarcasm. I thought I thought we were the most reliable podcast, man. You're you're going around spreading fake news already. We are we are the most reliable podcast for sarcastic news. Okay. Okay, okay man. So I think we should definitely start a GoFundMe for Jacoby Ellsbury to try to get some Dr. Scholl's um, inserts in his shoes so he can have better support on his heel. To reduce the pain of plantar, help me up, Brett, plantar what? Fasciitis. Thank you. Try these self-care tips. Um, so according to the Mayo Clinic, maintain a healthy weight. Lose weight if you're overweight or obese to minimize stress on your plantar fascia, whatever the fuck it is. Choose supportive shoes. Avoid high heels. Jacoby Ellsbury reportedly has been wearing high heels this offseason, has been spotted wearing those. So maybe get out of those, Jacoby. Don't We're wear like tabloids now. Don't wear worn out athletic shoes. Again, that goes into the fact that Jacoby Ellsbury can't afford to buy new sneakers because the Yankees are cheap and they don't pay their players. Change your sport. That's one of the things that this website says. So, Jacoby, maybe take up like golf or something, bud. Joe, go join Yoena Cespedes. Apply ice. Again, I think Jacoby Ellsbury doesn't even have a freezer because the Yankees don't pay their players. We recommend, as a as a Bleeding Blue podcast, we recommend that Jacoby Ellsbury, maybe we, we need to start a GoFundMe to buy some, Jaco- buy some uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, some new sneakers. But also, Brian Cashman's hit on Jacoby Ellsbury was successful. He beat the shit out of him, and now he just can't, he, now he just can't even go down to Tampa. He has to stay wherever he is. I, I, th- I, I think, like you said, Justin, Cashman does not want Ellsbury in this team whatsoever. He didn't do everything in his power to get that insurance money. He wants that money, he wants that cash, he wants that greens. Money, 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 money. All right. So we won't be seeing him for a while. Goodbye. Get better. Hopefully we won't see you soon. Okay. Luis Severino extension four years, $40 million with the fifth year option. He's basically getting sunny gray money. <laughs> so this deal was to basically avoid arbitration until he will be an unrestricted free agency after his six years of major league baseball service. Aaron Nola recently just did the same thing. Good for 70 to get the security because arbitration is also a scary thing. It's a brutal thing for players to go through. Basically, players listening to their team diss them the whole mm-hmm. time. Like they basically do like like diss track, like they rap, actually. That's what I heard. So there's the fifth year option for an additional $12 million or so. I'm seeing from multiple sources that it could be like up to 15. If the Yanks decide to opt in to that at that time for that extra year, he will only be giving up one year of free agency. And to kind of compare this to uh, the Philadelphia Phillies and recently what they did with Aaron Nola, Aaron Nola is actually going to be giving up two years of free agency. So I guess this is better for Seve. This is better supporting Seve. So Severino will hit the free agent market at 29 years old after this deal if they do keep that fifth year. But uh Awesome stuff. And also arbitration. Like you can, there are some pitchers that can get like a lot more than like $10 million a year through arbitration. So I guess this is good for Seve because if anything does happen for him, to him, he has that security. But also at the same time, it's good for the Yankees that if he is good throughout these next four to five years, that they don't have to pay him as much. They don't have to go through the arbitration process. So it's kind of a win win. But at the same time, you look at this and it's like, 
Luis Severino is getting Sonny Gray money, and that's kind of weird. Crazy. I mean, I, like I said, as as a fan, you gotta love this deal. Like, like your ace is getting paid ten million a year. Your ace, right? One of the best pitchers in baseball. It's amazing. So, like, you 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 must love this deal if you're a Yankee fan. After Sevy, I mean, if he does well in this contract, he's gonna make a lot of money come free agency time. Yeah, absolutely, wow. absolutely. Well, and one of the one of the things we're hearing out of uh. You know, one of the spring training cliches, some of the things that Talking Yanks has been kind of talking about, spring training cliches, we're hearing that, oh, yeah, Sefi's trimmed down a couple pounds, like 10 to 15 pounds. He's working on the stamina. He's looking good. He's looking thin. He's looking trimmed down. So the ball's coming out of his hand real well. You hear that about every single fucking pitcher. Um, so <laughs> so you're hearing some good things about Sevi. Um, you're hearing, I think they're definitely emphasizing in the Yankee camp, they're emphasizing more about how there was stamina issues with Severino as opposed to the tipping pitches issue. They've definitely acknowledged that Sevi tipped pitches, and they acknowledge that they've seen videos of how he has tipped his pitches, but definitely I think the Yankees are trying to shove that under the rug and say, yeah, the the stamina was the problem. Severino definitely worked on that through the offseason as opposed to just, you know, solely working on like a strength program. He really emphasized the stamina part of it. Um, so good things. Good things. And to kind of follow up on how you hear all positive things about pitchers this time of year. Heck, I'm even hearing positive things about Tommy freaking Hunter. <laughs> I'm here. I'm hearing things like, oh, he's in the best shape of his life. And I'm like, maybe, but that's not in great shape. It's Tommy <laughs> Hunter, man. It's not saying much. Uh, but exactly. You, you, you only good, if you hear bad things now, but, but you're here's, the here's the thing, right? Like, this is we're February. Baseball's and stuff for another month. Everyone's fresh. Everyone's fresh. Come talk to me when it's the middle of the season if you're so fresh. CC Sabathia is officially declaring 2019 as his final season as a baseball, no! baseball player. No. I, I thought you said he was retiring now. No, 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 no. Oh. No, you gotta, I'm you sorry. Gotta, you got to pay attention to the facts. All right? The yeah. fact is, I'm sad that CC's leaving. And thanks to Steve Engelovich. Who always, who always comes up with great stat tweets on Twitter. CC needs four wins for 250 and 14 strikeouts for 3,000. So 40, 47 pitchers have 250 wins, 38 are Hoffers, Hall of Famers. 16 pitchers have three have 3,000 strikeouts, 14 are Hoffers. 13 have both 250 wins and 3,000 strikeouts, 12 are Hoffers. Absolutely hate that. Hoffers? Yeah, that's that's what Aaron Boone recently called uh, Mike Mussina and Mariano Rivera. Aaron Boone should be fired for that. Hoffers, I kind of like it. I hate it. Playing down the the gravity and the importance. I, I I'm gonna say this about Cecil Sabathia, and I've been watching him his whole career, and th this guy is probably the biggest monster of the picture you're gonna see. This guy was an animal, especially in his when that one year in Milwaukee. He, he guided them to the postseason. The shutdown ace came to New York, won the championship. He, he's probably one of the best pitchers of all time. And I think he should be a Hoffer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What was crazy about that year in Milwaukee that he had is that he was basically brought on like Araldis Chapman was brought on with the Cubs, mm -hmm. where they 
fucking used them and they, they used them, them on three days rest every single time down the stretch. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen. I yeah, too okay. have fond memories of uh, Sir Cece. Well, it's not not as fond as we are since he pitched very we pitched relatively well in the 2009 World Series. So I don't think I think you're saying fond with a bit of grain of salt there, Brett. Well, I, I fond in 2008. Mr. Yeah. Victorino hitting the grand slam. Oh, oh, yeah, oh gosh, you yeah. gotta go there. Uh, I, want, I want positive about Steve. I don't want no, no, no give me. No I'm sorry. Thing. I am. I'm a Philly fan. If you're gonna sit there and expect me to behave as a Philly fan, you are fooling yourself. You're you're such a hater, bro. Hater, <laughs> hater. Guilty. 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 All right, so it's important it's important to note that CC will be missing the first start of his season due, due to a suspension of throwing at the Tampa Bay Rays and pointing at the dugout and saying that's for you bitch. He'll be missing his first start, which honestly is probably better for him Classy guy. The team in the long run. Classy guy. Hey, hey, that's that's the guy that's most likely that's going to get in like into a bar fight because he's going to say some stupid shit. So if you if you were to go out with CC on a night in the town but thoughts on CC and this being his final year, Renato, especially want kind of want to point to you. I think it's very fair to expect that CC's just going to be the type of pitcher that he was going to be, that he has been for the last three years or so, right? And I think he's going to get the close to a Mariano Jeter, um, you know, those, those celebrations they have for them when they were retiring. I think he, I think that a lot of the major league players like him too. I think you can see a lot of tributes for him once he go to other ballparks. I mean, he he was a hell of a pitcher, and he, he might might be the nicest guy out there. But the the guy, he was like like Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson was like not a great guy. It was cancer, but the guy's still a fucking great pitcher. So. Yeah. yeah, no, and and no, CC is one like I you know obviously I think a lot of people listen to R two C two. CC is one of the nicest people like outside of like outside the diamond but just when he's in there the intensity is is insane as we already know um but you know i i really do think because cc is very much well liked throughout major league baseball so i definitely do think that he will get the maybe not the same i have a feeling that baseball is i think baseball is kind of tired of the constant like especially with jeter mariano and and big poppy like i don't know if the same lucrative presents are going to be given like everywhere that he goes but definitely there will be some dedications and ceremonies and stuff like that, especially like in, when, especially when we go to Cleveland, I I'm definitely, I'm going to be interested to see what they do and how they react. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Any other, any other final thoughts on CC before we move on? Hey, Justin, I, I want to see if they go, go to that game. A second star. Mm. See, 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 maybe gets 3000 live. That'd be nice. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That'd be that's nice. Probably gonna be a, that's probably going to be a hot ticket game. I think so. So you're assuming he wins his first one? No, but I'm not saying that doesn't mean wins necessarily. Just like he won't get what these records in one game. His second start of the year, you're saying? Okay, yeah, I can say it. I can say it. The feel-good story of the spring. The guy we should be all rooting for, in my opinion. And shout out to my friend Tony Gunk on Twitter on bringing this to my attention. Danny Farquhar, who 10 months ago collapsed in the White Sox dugout due to a brain aneurysm, through his first bullpen session of the spring with the Yankees, and he was quite the pitcher in Chicago. So, fellas, I know you know a little bit more about him than I do. So, tell us about the pitcher that Danny Farquhar is, and or or was, or you know, basically maybe some things that we should expect. Obviously, nobody really knows what to expect coming off of such a drastic injury. But uh, tell us about the guy that he is. I mean, 
he he's a solid reliever, you know, all the bullpen. He did some some good work for the White Sox. Especially um, for Seattle. His best years was with the Rays and with the, the Mariners. Yeah. 2014, 2016 were probably his two of his best best years. Come 2014, 3-1, 2.66 ERA. Damn. Uh, in 71 innings, only 58 hits, and uh, 81 strikeouts. Damn, that's good. So, again, that was 2014, though. It's been a while. He's been sort of up and down. White Sox, he struggled last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. But hopefully he can recapture his old form. You know, everyone's pulling for him, like you said. Yeah. Uh, here's an Aaron Boone quote. I think it's important to not get lost that this guy can pitch. We're excited to have him. He's already brought something to us just by the energy he brings to the park every day. So we shall save. Like he threw his first bullpen of the day. He looked, you know, balls coming out of his hand real nice. And um, an, important, an important thing to note, um, when the White Sox wanted to kind of bring him back after it was released and after it was announced that, yes, he is going to be able to resume baseball activities eventually, White Sox wanted to put him down to the minors and they just wanted to say, let's just wait and see. But he said, no, he opted to test free agency. The Yankees signed him to a minor league deal. I would be interested to see if he would take starting the, like maybe starting in the minors to start the season. If he would be interested in doing that, because it's not, it's not really, it's not a, if it's a, when somebody in the bullpen kind of goes down and he may be a guy that's going to get called up. Right, and I, I'm I agree with you 100. As of right now, he has no space in his bullpen. But as one of as some of those guys start getting hurt, then you know Falco is not going to be a bad option. He's better than him than freaking Luis Sessa. So Aaron Boone, introductory press conference. Here are some takeaways in terms of Troy Tulowitzki. This is the most confusing thing, and I think this is one of the biggest storylines heading into the spring and heading into the season. So here are some quotes. He's in great shape. If there are health issues, we feel comfortable moving Glaber over to shortstop. We really feel comfortable from a depth standpoint as to where we are, but sitting here as we are right now, we feel optimistic with what Troy is going to bring. We'll try to protect him in spring training, but even early in the season with not overdoing it too much, even if things are going very well. So they kind of asked Aaron Brune early in the press conference, you know, how's Troy Tulitsky looking? What's the overall role going to be? And there's been kind of whispers and rumors, even though this hasn't really made sense to me, that Troy Tulowitzki is going to like start at shortstop, Glaber at second, DJ LeMahieu as a $12 million utility man. Now, that doesn't really make sense to me. It, it, and, it doesn't make sense to me either, Justin. And I don't really think it makes sense to really anybody. And if you can make sense of it, please tell me how. I get there's a fear of putting Glaber Torres and Miguel Andujar on the same side of the infield. I understand that fear, but... Even with this quote, you can't really tell what Boone and what the Yankees have in mind if there are health issues, so they feel comfortable moving Glaber to shortstop. So if there aren't health issues, Tulowitzki's going to start? Question mark. Obviously, they have depth in the infield, especially with DJ LeMayhew and especially when um, Didi is going to come back, but they're going to try to protect him in spring training, even early in, their, in the season with not overdoing it too much. Okay, so what does overdoing it mean? Does overdoing it mean that he's going to play, he's going to start two days, sit sit on the bench the third day? Does it mean that he's going to play one day and then sit the next two? Like, what does I, I, overdoing it mean? I think I know what it means. Okay. I, I think what it means is two words is going to start on the bench. And, and, and sparingly start if necessary. 
but if there I, aren't, but if there aren't health issues, that that's the first line of the quote. If there are health issues, we feel comfortable moving Glaber over to shortstop. So that basically is saying that if there aren't health issues, we want to keep Glaber at second, even though he's not saying it. I feel like it's implied. I I think you might see some lineups that we have, like if Lemayhu needs like a like he needs to cover somebody in the in the outfield. Or if you need to switch up some in the infield, you might see a, a combination of Tulowitzki and Glaber in that infield. It's possible. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think right now, like opening if opening day were to happen right now, Tulowitzki's are starting short shortstop. And nope. I'm, I'm I'm gonna disagree. I don't think I, he is. No, I, I I don't want him to be. Believe me, I don't, I don't think he is. I think it's I, false. I want to believe you, but right now, the Yankees have made no indication that. DJ LeMahieu is going to play a steady second base. One of the quotes that they had when they signed DJ LeMahieu is they told DJ, bring all the gloves possible. Bring every glove. <laughs> so they're gonna they're really gonna try to use him as a utility man, as a $12 million utility man going wherever they might need him, which is kind of weird and wild, especially as a guy who's a gold glover. And that was a weird quote that um Aaron Boone said, you know. He mentioned how DJ LeMahieu was a gold glover, but he was kind of like talking about him in the context of being a role player, which is weird. It was it was really weird to hear. You don't typically associate gold glovers being bench guys. So, Brett, what do you think? I, I definitely think that um, Tulowitzki should be used sparingly. I mean, obviously, you guys know I'm not a huge fan of his, but looking at his numbers, honestly, he was he, even struggling through injury. He has been a pretty useful player. I mean, his numbers aren't bad. They just aren't his MVP level from do, do, obviously when he earlier you know, in his career. Do you know what I think Tulo's gonna be like? What is it gonna be like? Neil Walker last year. That but that'd be a solid comp, I think. I, I think remember remember just the people say, Oh, yeah, just but he might start. No, I, I think Tulo's gonna be your your, your sixth man off the bench. Yeah, but I mean the thing with Neil Walker is that Neil Walker was starting at third base. Neil Walker was starting at right field. Neil Walker was starting at first base. He was playing everywhere and anywhere. Tulowitzki is not going to be. I don't think they have any intention of moving Tulowitzki out of the shortstop spot. Well, yeah, true, true. Yeah, but but he's going to be a guy that you know you can move. Lema- if you start Lemayhu, you can move Lemayhu all around. I put him in the shortstop. How interesting is it going to be if Tulo actually does perform? somewhat well and then Didi comes back how interesting is this is this situation in this scenario going to be Didi takes over shortstop that no question doesn't matter what I'll give Tulo puts Luke Voigt numbers out there no 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 I'm not saying that he's going to take Didi's job I'm just saying that's going to be an interesting situation for the 25 man roster and how many guys you keep on this baseball team oh okay I don't that's what I'm saying I don't think so the only tool that doesn't stay on this team is if he sucks. Hot take there, Renato. Yes. Hot fresh, take. Fresh hot take. Fresh and hot. Aaron Boone. Next piece. Aaron Boone took a took a visit to the DR this offseason. And really? he went and he visited Gary Sanchez. And he had some quotes on Gary Sanchez and why he is poised for a comeback season. So... Boone's optimistic about Sanchez, who obviously had a miserable 2018. Gary had offseason shoulder surgery, and when healthy, obviously can provide a huge difference, and injuries had a huge toll on Gary's season last year between the hamstring, the hip, the shoulder issues, seeing him struggle to reach Chapman's fastballs late in games. 
So here's some Aaron Boone quotes. He's doing very well. His body's in really good shape. Fuck you, people who think Gary Sanchez is fat. I think he's going to have a great year for us on both sides of the ball. I'm really excited about his frame of mind right now, and we're counting on him and expecting him to go out and be a great player for us. I just think he's just a year more mature. I think going through some of the things he went through last year, bumps in the road, struggles, especially as a young player, can be great things in the scheme of things for a career, especially when you're as talented as a guy like Gary. And there's no question, I think the things he went through last year physically, I think will benefit him moving forward. So basically, here's here's my here's my question because obviously Gary is such a polarizing player. What's your least expectation of Gary Sanchez? So obviously, the 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 expectations are through the roof for this guy that he can be the best catcher in baseball, where especially hitting wise, and the hitting is really what puts him over, but also the ability that he has to frame the pitches and how all the pitchers have better ERAs with him compared to Romine, and now his ability to throw out runners. Obviously, the blocking is not that great, but the ability to be the best catcher of baseball is there. But what's your least, ex- like what you're expecting least out of him this year? Okay. Be better defensively. Be better that's, defensively? That, that's what, that's what that's the very cool. least I'm expecting. Right. I want to see more hustle to Sanchez this year. I want to see him show some some oomph, you know? Be like, this is my territory, baby. I want this. It's mine. I mean, and honestly, last year, the pitches were there. He His pitch selection last year was still pretty excellent for the most part. It was. He just couldn't, he just couldn't square it up. Right. Oh well, he his. We talked about this extensively during the summer. We had a we had an episode where we talked about how Gary Sanchez is the worst hitter in baseball on balls that he puts on the ground. But then when he puts the ball in the air, how his average and his OPS is one of the best in baseball. And even towards the end of last year, Renato, how many games were we at where Gary Sanchez would just hit line drive bullets to left field? A ton. <laughs> a ton. I mean, how many, what, the Yankees were 10 feet, 10 feet away from extending the series against the Red Sox, that final game of the season, because Gary Sanchez just came short of a home run. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that, that bat, that last at bat of his, of his year perfectly summarizes, I think, Gary's season where it was a lot of bad luck. It was seeing a lot more sliders and then obviously the injuries. I mean, Renata, you want to see more hustle. When Aaron Boone and when the Yankees are kind of telling him to take it easy because they want him to stay healthy, he he's not going to hustle and give 110% all the time. Obviously, the situational awareness. Right. Yeah. Right. Obviously, the situational awareness of when you do need to hustle needs to be there. Like when, when there's one out in the ninth inning and you need to try to run out a double play. Um, but neither here nor there. So you believe that Brett... The defense needs to be there a little bit more. And then Renato, you believe that the hustle, he needs to show a little bit more umph and he needs to show a little bit more emphasis on how he plays the game. Exactly. Okay. I'm hoping he just uh, hits better. I, I know I'm not an average guy, but I'm hoping he hits above 200. Give me some, some share numbers to batting 230, 240, 30 homers, 100 RBIs close to it. I want to see. Really, guys? You're you're gonna you're expecting that out of what you call could be the best catcher in baseball? Yeah, listen, Brad, 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 listen to me, Pat. After what I've seen last year, I need to lower my expectation a little bit. So I see otherwise. No, no, no. Renato's right. Like to we want Gary to obviously just 
take the league by storm like he did again, and he has that ability. But at the same time, we need to be realistic and be like, Rome wasn't built in a day. But you know, you hope that you know, like Aaron Boone said, he's going to take these experiences and hopefully build off of them. He knows what he did wrong, and hopefully, in the long run, those that those experiences and that bad season last year was kind of like a, he can use it as a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna, I'm gonna combine the last two main things for because we've been spending a lot of time on these headlines. Um, Miguel Andujar is entrenched at third base. He will be working out at first base throughout the spring. I wonder so who we'll, said that. I wonder who said that. So, so will Gary Sanchez. So will Austin Romine. But Renato, I don't think we're necessarily going to see Miguel Andujar at first base anytime soon. But the fact that he is working out at first base, same thing with Sanchez, same thing with Romine, could indicate that at some point in the year, if we do, if it needs to be, that he needs to play first, he can do it. And you and you recommend that you and a you and a, and a certain number of fans on Yankees Twitter have been recommending that you're all y- y'all are going to get your wish, y'all. Well, especially if we sign that that M guy, but I can't. I'm not going to say who that oh. is. M&M? You know, I don't want to hear it. I know that's what I'm that's why I, I, I ain't saying his name. Get it though, Eminem. My I don't God, talk that's about good. it. That's good. Brett just had an epiphany. Um, Luke Voigt enters the spring, leading the first base competition. I don't think that's a surprise. If All Luke right. Voigt is on the roster at the end of the season, He's going I'll, to I'll, be. Walk, I'll walk to New York. All right, come come, come this way, buddy. Brett, do you realize that this man had a, had over a like one OPS last year in his okay. time at the Yankees? You, you want me to come up with a nickname with, for him? <laughs> What's his nickname? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fluke. Oh my! <laughs> listen, Brett, Brett, Brett. You, you knew that was coming by listen, the way, Ron. I know, I know, Brett. Listen, <laughs> listen. I'm not expecting Luke Voigt to have the 1.2 OPS whatever he had last year. I'm not expecting that. But could he play an average first base? It's possible. It's possible. I, 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 I That's all I want. Savior, man. Hey, listen, listen. Justin, Justin knows how much I hate Greg Bird. He knows, especially after last year. Well, you can't hate him just because he didn't perform to your expectations. Do you think the potential is there? I, I don't think of the potential anymore. I don't. Wow. Do you agree with that, uh, uh, Justin? We're taking calls. The uh, We're taking calls. <laughs> the crazy thing about this first base competition and the crazy thing about, you know, like most competitions in spring training, the fact that a lot of guys like Judge Stanton – Judge Stanton can work on whatever they need to work on during spring training, as opposed to Luke Voigt and Greg Bird. They have to just show up and they have to be ready to rock and roll and they have to be ready to win a job. So it's not like Luke Voigt can take a decent amount of time out of spring training to try to use the right field porch and be late on fastballs or be late on certain pitches. He has to come out and he has to perform right away. And same thing with Greg Bird. So I ultimately think that Voigt is going to be the starting first baseman. I will be surprised if Greg Bird is on the 25-man active roster to start the season. Wow. You think he's going to be on the roster? I think that he's probably going to be like in AAA. That, you're bugging. Bugging, man. Where, where, is there, where is there room for both of them? Why not? There's no room. Wait, yes, there is. Who's your I bench? I think there is. Because Who's you have bench? Clint, Clint, Romine. No, 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 Clint. Clint, Romine. And um, LeMahieu. LeMahieu's not going to be on your bunch. He's going to be too low on your bunch. Or, or okay, so we have Clint slash Ellsbury, Romine, 
or DJ slash Tulo. This is, this is all easy if we get a four-man bench, but I know you're not going to get the four-man nope, bench. they are not going to get a four-man bench. You can wish as much as you want, but why would you have four guys on your bench when one of them is most likely what I, he plays once I, a week? I just believe they rather would give a guy like Frazier more time to start games in AAA than they would with Bird. That's my hot take there. No, I don't, I don't think that's a hot take, but... I just don't see a way for, especially if Bird comes out and he puts up another dud during spring training, just like he was in the regular season last year. Clint Frazier is a much better Major League Baseball hitter right now than Greg Bird. Not saying that that's permanent and that's the way that it is, but right now Clint Frazier is seeing the ball and hitting the baseball better than Greg Bird. So if Greg Bird, if there's any kind of potential for him to come up, you got to put them down in the minors because there's just no room. Don't waste the space. I, I, can, I can argue with either of you right now, actually. If Clint Frazier comes out of spring training and hits the ball like no tomorrow, he's starting in left field over Brett Gardner. I, I think a platoon situation with Ellsbury somehow not on this baseball team. Somehow he is out. <laughs> <laughs> somehow. Call shot, baby. Let's go. Call, call your shot. Call your boys, Brian Cashman. <laughs> Have him beat the shit out of Jacoby Ellsbury again so he can just claim the insurance money. That's, I mean, that's the ultimate goal that they can platoon. If there's a lefty on the mound, Hey, Clint Frazier, come on up. If there's a righty on the mound, Hey, Brett Garner, you know, we value your defense. We value the way that you see pitches and that's what they do. And then birds in triple a somewhere. <laughs> All right. Oh, so uh, let's, let's get into some defensive alignment stuff. Let's do it. You can do some lineups too. Can do some lineups. We're going to do some defense alignment and lineup stuff. So as of now, these players will be starting in their respective positions. This these this is pretty much a lock. lock. Catcher Gary. Yes. First base Voigt. Third base Miggy. Center field Hicks. Right field judge. Those things are automatic locks right now. Would we agree? I, I, I agree. Now this is where it gets tricky. Left field, shortstop, second base. So there are different left field different left field combos. Now I'm of the belief we will see Giancarlo Stanton eventually as an everyday outfielder, left fielder for the New York Yankees. Timeout, timeout. This year? It could happen this year. I'm not seeing it, buddy. I'm not seeing it. I would like it. I get how they want to keep him at DH and they want to keep him healthy. But if this was me, Stanton is your everyday outfielder with Gardner as the bench bat, and then you trade Clint Frazier, a pitcher. Another starter, another maybe another starter. Maybe that's maybe that's something that comes down the line. But especially if Gardner's not going to be here, and the Yankees have shown repeat you know repeatedly that they don't value Clint Frazier's defense, even though he keeps on having these pitches of oh put me in center field, coach. They're like no, no thanks, bud. So I think Stanton has shown that he could play left field at Yankee Stadium. He's shown it. So I. That's something that could happen, probably, definitely not early in the year, but most likely, we already said Clinton, Brett, Platoon in left field, Giancarlo Stanton at DH. If Jacoby Ellsbury is healthy by day one of the regular season, Clint is in the minor leagues and Brett and Brett Gardner is starting. Jacoby Ellsbury has not made a single start as a New York Yankee in left field. Everything has been center field and right field. He has 86 games that he has started in left field in Boston, has not had a single start in left field at the Yankee Stadium. Wait, he started in right field at the Yankees? A few games. Oh, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> any words, 
any comments or, or for that that we haven't touched on yet? Like I said, I just I'm not feeling that. I just I just I think the Yankees may, maybe for some days they might push Stan the Alfie, but I think they think Stan's gonna be the DH. Well, yeah, I mean, and they even did that last year where Stanton was playing left field when Gardner needed a day off. Like that was happening, but I think in the future, I think for the foreseeable future, especially after this year, if Brett Gardner is when he's done, that's gonna be that's gonna be it. That's gonna be the outfit. Yeah. Yeah, unless Frazier takes it. <laughs> he's got to improve the defense. That's the thing. He's got to improve the defense, and he also has to stay healthy. Right. He's got to show yeah. that he could stay in the majors. Anything else? All right, and we we talked about second base. Um, do we do we think we need to talk about that more? Because we talked about it with the too low quote. Uh, for, for second base, I, I really believe it's going to be Torres's once Didi comes back. But until then... I, I see DJ LeMahieu earlier. And I think everybody else is also rooting for DJ LeMahieu because it makes sense. Like, that makes sense. You have a gold glove second baseman starting at second base, especially you pay him $12 million, an ex-batting champion in the NL, and he starts at second base for you because that's what's best for the team. But also, I think the Yankees are thinking that what's best for DJ LeMahieu is to be the Swiss Army knife like Neil Walker was. He can play first base. He can play second base. I was uh, There was even an interview that uh, Talking Yanks had with a Colorado Rockies beat reporter, and he was like, hell, he could even play shortstop too. So <laughs> who even knows what the, what the Yankees are going to do? And, you know, with maybe are the Yankees willing to pay $12 million to a guy that's going to be a utility guy? That's my question. For this new Yankees team, yes. Brett, what do you think? Yes. With the analytics, baby, it's all about the analytics. Yes. That baffles that baffles my they, mind. Though. They've shown their history of liking their their Swiss Army knife players, as we've actually referenced in the past. Yeah, and that's like and that's like a huge shift. I feel like that's like a shift of like where baseball is going in a way, where the reason why Glaber Torres was so valued out of Chicago, one of the reasons why is because he was a shortstop, and one of the things that's said about shortstops is that. They can play anywhere. Like that, you you can literally put them anywhere. If, that if you come up as a shortstop, just because you come up in the minor leagues as a shortstop, doesn't mean that you're going to be playing shortstop in the majors. You can be thrown anywhere because you have those intangibles and you have tools. Right. So wild. I, I think this whole situation is wild. But obviously, nobody knows anything. They have a plan, but they're not really expressing it. It's just weird seeing these quotes that Aaron Boone is almost like presuming like Tulo is going to start, even though that makes zero sense to me and it makes zero sense to a lot of people. But we shall see as the spring goes on. Let's talk some lineups. Renato, I want you to give your ideal Yankee lineup. I'll throw out some different combinations, and we'll go from there. And then after that, that'll be it. All right. So my ideal lineup, right? starting, leading off for the New York Yankees. Before we get started, I'm going to grade these two, by the way. I'm going to grade them. All right. In left field, number 11, Brett Gardner. Number 11. Batting second. And right field, your MVP, number 99, Aaron Judge. Batting third, in center field, number 31, the gold glover, Aaron Hicks. Batting cleanup, 
the designated hitter, number 27, Giancarlo Stanton. Batting fifth and doing the catching behind the ball, number 24, Gary Sanchez. That high, wow. Yes. When, when, when he's on, he, he, he's a top of the order hitter. No question. Batting six at third base, number 41, Miguel Andujar, number 41. So you guys are, are going to be able to stomach watching him pl- try to play third base. Yes. Okay. Unless, unless we sign that M guy, then that could change, obviously. I'm but if we don't. Saying, man, that was a little like. Hmm. I know, I know, I know. But we'll, again, I want to mention this M guy right now. I don't want to. Batting seventh, the first baseman. I forget his number. I'm going to look it up his number right now. 45. Number 45. Luke. Luke. Batting eight. Number 26. DJ LeMahu. Like he's a DJ. And then batting ninth, your shortstop. Number 25. Labor. Number 25. So, do you think now that you don't have Walker anymore, that maybe uh, Mayhew will take over the Disco nickname? Like nah, disco no. Yeah, that's not no, one, no one will ever be Disco ever again. D-I-S-C-O. Okay. I'm just D-I-S-C-O. asking like, if that's becoming like a, like a captain kind of thing because Yankee fans are weird. Because Yankee fans are weird. Honestly, that was my favorite part of Indian games last year when when Neil Walker did something. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. I loved it. So Brett, how do you rate that lineup? That's a good lineup. I like that lineup. The only thing I get, I guess, I would say is is Gary Sanchez. Maybe yeah, Sanchez and Andahar probably. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd rather not have Andahar playing third base, but you know, know. listen, you know, you know, you know my argument on that. You know, I want Andahar first base. You know, that's my argument. You mean you'd rather be DHing him, but obviously, you can't do that. No, I can't do that. Good lineup. I, I give that an A. All right. Here's mine. Now, this is this is the lineup that I would want to be run out there day one. I I'll I'll go with that. May change. Hicks is batting first, center field. Judge is batting second, right field. Stanton's batting third, DH. Miguel Andujar, fourth, third base. Luke Voigt, fifth, first base. Gary Sanchez, sixth at catcher. DJ LeMahieu, seventh at second base. Brett Gardner, eighth, left field. Glaber Torres, nine, second base. I love that top three. That top three just hits you in the face. Can't put Judge and Stanton together, though. That's, I mean, they did it for a decent portion of last year, and I get the argument of why you can't do it, but I can see Gary. You could put Gary in between them, or you could put Miguel Andujar. I, you know, I, 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 I would do that. I would put that lineup out there if I knew I was facing like a, a trash starter. I just want to oh, jump yeah. all over him early. That, but that's not your A lineup, though. That's like, like your B lineup or C lineup. Well, it, it, yeah, it's, it, to me, that wouldn't be my everyday lineup. But I would love if I, if, if I knew I was facing like, the Orioles or something, that'd be my lineup. Right. No, I, I think this is our best lineup because nope. if you have DJ LeMahieu in there, then it's your best lineup. I didn't. No, no, no. Listen. You, uh, I'm gonna make the argument. You don't want judges stand back together. You don't. That's too I don't many. Think, tri- I don't. Too I many don't, strikeouts. Too many strikeouts. I don't know if they have another choice though. 
Yes, and freaking Greg Bird would be producing. He would have been in there, but so right. in, the, in the meantime, you got to put a guy like Hicks. And they have experimented with Hicks, both at leadoff and three-hole, but I like Aaron Hicks at first spot because Brett Gardner, yes, he does see pitches. The OBP took a dip down last year, but also the opportunity that Hicks gives Judge and Stanton to see those pitches starting off the game and the high OBP rate that he has. And also, shout out to Andrew Owens, who we were DMing this this week and we were talking about this. Aaron Hicks has like a 40% hard hit ball rate when he does make contact with the ball. Now, the only thing that's bad about Aaron Hicks is he has a bit of a bad situational awareness of when he should take the bat off his shoulder. But to start a game, to start a game, if you're helping out your number two and three hitters by getting on base and getting a walk, or you're hitting the ball hard, that's that's really good. Yeah, I can see that. So if you do bat Hicks first, I really don't know if you have another choice. I don't really think Miguel Andujar is ready to bat third. I'm going to go with another argument with you, Justin. If Clem Frazier is in left field, this lineup works. Yeah, well, also if Clint Frazier's in left field, I have Brett Gardner batting eighth right now. I would simply just bump Clint Frazier up to the seventh spot. DJ LeMahieu would be down at eighth. Yeah, Labor would be down lineup. at nine. I would take the lineup of the mine, actually. Yeah. Why? Why would you bat uh, Frazier over LeMahieu? That's a good question. I really don't know. I, ju- I just that's what I would do. There's no reason behind. It. Maybe you put the guys higher up with more power. The two slap hitters down at the bottom. Yeah, that's my reason. So, so the question is like you were saying that LeMahieu's had some good years in the past with with uh, high average and whatnot. So why wouldn't you bat LeMahieu higher in the lineup? Why would you want him at the bottom? They don't value necessarily that type of hitter. They would rather have that type of hitter lower in the order, where especially DJ LeMahieu likes to attack early in counts. They would rather have that guy lower yes. as opposed to the guys at the top of the order who grind out at bats because that's Aaron Boone's approach. That you'll hear him yell, you'll hear him saying that from the dugout all spring. No, you make a good point though. I personally like to see those contact guys be in the bottom of the order. Set up the table for the for the guys like Judge, Stanton, and Didi once he's healthy to wreak havoc on, on the opposing pitchers once they get those guys in the in the, in the base paths. Right. So I, I get what he's going with that. I get it. Here's oh. another combination. What we got? What we got? So Hicks is batting off leadoff again, center field, judge right field. Stanton, third, DH, Gary, fourth, hmm. catcher, Voigt, fifth, first base, Glaber, second base, Miguel Andohar, seventh, third base, Tulowitzki, shortstop, eighth, Brett Gardner, ninth. Wow. So you're going with the all-power potential, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Glaber, Glaber's very interesting because there's... A case where Glaber Torres is your leadoff hitter, and we can get into that in future episodes as well, depending on if the Yankees would even like to experiment with that. But I know Renato and I are for it. Talking Yanks talked about it a little bit as well. But um, Glaber hit the best in terms of average and OPS. He hit the best when he was batting sixth and when he was batting ninth last year. That's where he, that's where he was at his best. So I would love to have Gary hitting fourth. I would love that. Should we necessarily start with that? I don't think so. No, I definitely that, do that's think only yeah. if you're seeing like a huge turnaround. Like if you're seeing like he's like once again, like we were talking about earlier, taking the league by storm like he did as a rookie. Right. 
<laughs> and this is this lineup is truly, 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 truly. Hicks sees a lot of pitches. Judge sees a lot of pitches. Stanton, I I don't know if there is there necessarily data on Stanton seeing a lot of pitches. Uh, I'm not really sure, but well, I think Stanton does because he because he swings and misses a lot. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> he he works in those two strikes counts all the time. Yeah. yeah, so you're really going from Hicks is kind of like your hybrid power guy, speed guy, defense sees pitches, high OBP guy. Judges judge power. Stanton power. Gary. Power Voight, little less power than I think maybe Judge Stanton Gary, but the ability to hit the ball the right field is there. And then Glaber, little less power. Miggy, maybe you put Glaber and Miggy on the same scale of power. And then Tulo Gardner. This is truly a like most power to least power kind of lineup. That's what I mean. Um, That's what I was saying. Most power to least power. Yeah, to put to put it in such great fluent terms as i did um which is not the case i did not do that but that's another alternative and um that's what i have to say about that fellas so you don't have a universe in which brett gardner leads off you just disagree with that no i i totally 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 disagree with that 100 percent well brett 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 i still have gardner in the lead off you know i I love gardner leading off and i i know you love me i i I, I like I said, he takes a lot of pitches. He gives you good at bats every time. I, I like him starting the game. I really do. OBP is Aaron Hicks provides such an awesome opportunity for OBP. Uh, listen, and- listen. I get you. If Frazier takes over left field, I one hundred percent agree with your decision. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, any kind of final thoughts as we head off into the week, and we head off into another week of watching clips on Twitter and seeing press conferences and the players are going to be arriving this week and positional players. So it's going to be some exciting stuff. Any kind of final thoughts? Can, can the H's and the M sign already, please? You're, you're, the H's and the M's are uh, Machado and Harper, correct? Yes. I think we'll be waiting until like mid-March. Oh, my God. I just want these guys signed already so we can start. I don't think so. I, 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 think, I think it'll be sooner than that. Really? Sooner than mid-March? Yeah. How how long are you thinking, bro? I think it I, I think it seriously could be as soon as early as, as next week. Any final thoughts, buddy? No, I'm good. Um stay tuned for a Giants episode this week. Probably going to have an interview. Gonna preview that a little bit. Although, um, by the way, when is this episode being released? Monday. Okay, so so this week. Monday this week. Yeah. So there will be a Giants episode this week. There will there will probably maybe be an interview with somebody that either you know or you really know, but definitely somebody that you should follow because he's very <laughs> smart, very informative. Um, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. We will see you next week for the New York Yankees. Let's go Yankees. Let's go Giants. And you want to know what? You want to know what you got to do, everybody? You got to keep on, say it, Renato. Bleeding blue. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening.